Dee Dee Moonflyer here. Welcome to the Twilight Tonic Podcast. As always, I have a freshly brewed batch of the strange and unusual to share with you. So grab your favorite tonic, step inside the broom closet, and let's get started. Tonight on Twilight Tonic, I'm very fortunate to have an amazing lady here. Tonight, I have Vanessa Hogel. She's a medium and best-selling author of eight books. She's an accomplished artist, a founder of Perfect Trust Productions with her bestie, Gwen Clapper. How are you tonight, Vanessa? I am darn fine. <laughs> I'm so glad to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> After working an almost 12-hour shift, I am darn fine. <laughs> I have to be honest with you. I don't know how an intuitive psychic medium does what you do for a living. Oh, it's it's okay. That is such a good way to segue into that topic. <laughs> um, it's not easy. It really isn't because especially since I worked in pediatrics for 18 years. Oh, my. Oh. In, in pediatric industry. <laughs> And I worked with the underserved. Mm-hmm. So I worked with children in foster care, state custody, um, prison. They would wow. come in in full shackles with guards. Oh, my God. You know, um, I, I've worked on extreme abuse cases. You name it, I've seen it. And I'm not going to lie. I mean, there were times when I would have to leave the room, go into the dark room and mm-hmm. cry. Oh, wow. Because you 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 want to say you can block everything out, but you can't block everything out. It's just right. not possible to block everything out. And it 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 really it, it takes its toll on you. That having been said, though, it was also a gift because when I had a child that I was working on that I I knew something was going on, Mm -hmm. but it wasn't being addressed. I, I could use my intuition and actually get that addressed by the proper authorities Wow! and have them intervene. Um, and it actually, the, uh, patients aside, Mm -hmm. we, I was working, uh, for corporate dentistry with children back in Oklahoma. And, uh, we had one instance where, 
we had a gentleman coming in to apply for a position uh, as a dentist. Uh, mm-hmm. Well, not coming in to apply. They were the the corporation was bringing him in to show him the facilities to see if they wanted to continue. Uh, going through with his contract and if he wanted mm-hmm. to continue to go through with his contract and um i the second i walked past him all i could taste was charcoal mm. which for me is a negative it, if if your aura tastes like a charcoal briquette <laughs> we've right. got some problems you know right and it sounds weird to talk about an aura tasting like something but that's the best way i can describe it mm-hmm. and i didn't say anything until I went and I was working on a patient with a dentist and she asked me, she says, so what did you think of him? And she very much didn't necessarily agree with what I do, but she believed in it based on her family's heritage. And um, I told her, I said, he's not a good person. And she said, why? And I told her and I told her what I felt and what I was tasting and everything else. She got up (laughs) From the patient and went and told the the lead dentist exactly what I said and said, don't hire him. Mm. Wow. And it come to find out I was right. So there were problems with him. So they dodged the bullet. So it's a, it's a blessing and a curse depending on the day. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I can only imagine. Yeah. <laughs> so... One of the things I found really fascinating um, with you when I've read some of your your books and stuff, you explain in there for your own personal self, spiritual growth is hard. Oh, it sucks. Let's just go ahead and call a spade a spade. Yeah, it's painful. It is. It is very painful. People want to believe that having a spiritual awakening is this beautiful thing and nothing could be further from the truth. Mm-hmm. But there's a reason for that. And the reason for that is for you to have a true spiritual awakening, to truly come into your own. You have to own your own bullshit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you ha- yes. Yep. You have to admit wrongdoing. You have to admit bad decisions. You have to admit faults within yourself or else you are not going to grow and have that spiritual awakening. And if if you haven't gotten to it yet, in in the last book that I wrote, um, which was uh they they would have burned me. Mm-hmm. That has in the in the beginning that has new stuff. And then the last four books in it are previous bestsellers that I wrote that I that I actually included in their entirety. And one of them is Diary of a Psychic Loser Magnet. <laughs> now, I know, right? I love it, though. I love that. Love that title. Um, now, while, while it is, it's comical in its title, I dig deep in that book. And I admit my faults, my problems, things that I've done wrong, reasons I might have received my own karma, how I was interjected into somebody else's karma. And that's embarrassing. It's painful. It's uh, there's a bit of shame involved in it for my, mm-hmm. that I feel for myself. But it took me to a whole new place. Being able to admit those things publicly without worrying about 
what somebody's opinion of it was going to be. I, when I say I don't care, I'm not joking. I truly don't care (laughs) what people think of me because I know how far, I know how hard I've worked to get here. Absolutely. I, yes. You know, and my goal is for other people to do the exact same thing in their own lives and for their own selves. Mm. That's my goal is to put as much out there as I can that people can relate to Mm -hmm. so that maybe they will, they will see that I'm, I'm not special. Vanessa's not special. Not at all. Not by a long shot. She is faulted. She makes mistakes. She's a bit of a bitch every now and then, (laughs) but her, but she's learning. And if I can do it, anybody can do it. Right. Now, Vanessa, also, I found it extremely interesting and honest. Um, when I read um, They Would Have Burned Me, is the pain you feel, you know, you see psychics on TV, you see mediums on TV, but coming across people that have passed over in pain and then visiting you is not is not glamorous. Oh, far from it. And I like how you address that. Thank you. Because growing, I grew up in, with all this, mm-hmm. and it was never, it's never easy to feel someone else's pain. It, it really isn't. And I think that people kind of gloss over that, mm-hmm. for lack of a better way of putting it, um, because they need, they need to, I'm, 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 I'm going to make some people mad here. Are you okay with that? I'm fine. Okay. They need to feel and sound and be perceived as more important than they are. Mm -hmm. So they gloss over those hard parts and come up with some nonsense, BS, tomfoolery to make it better. And I'm not going to do that. Um I I can't explain why I have to feel their pain. I can't. I can't explain it. Mm-hmm. Don't know why I have to do it. But I also know I'm happy to do it. Mm-hmm. If it if it allows me to get a message across, if it allows me to ease their suffering, if it allows me to understand their situation, their position, and how they can get past it better, mm-hmm. bring it on. Right. But I'm not going to come up with all these things to make me sound more important than I am. Like, well, you know, this happened to them and and I can do this to make myself not feel it. And if you do this, then it won't happen to you. And you just have to burn this and you just have to contact this chaos magician and it'll stop. And mm-hmm. No. How about just stopping for just a moment and just listening? Right. Just listen for every time they've made me feel what they felt when they were dying. There's been a reason. Mm. There's been a reason. There's been somebody I needed to contact. There has been some closure I've needed to attempt to help them have, not give to them, Mm -hmm. help them get. Therein lies the difference. You know, they participate 
And when we try to put a Band-Aid on things and say, well, just do this, just do this, just do this, we're not helping. We're putting a Band-Aid. Right. Does that make sense the way I'm putting that? Yes. I, I feel like... I feel like that's a very important message. It it really is. It's I'm, I know that there was one particular area that that you wanted to discuss, mm-hmm. and I, I would actually like to bring that up because sure. it's very very much along the realms of what we're talking about. Um, in two thousand was it two thousand eighteen? I was I think it was two thousand eighteen. Um, I was in Ireland, and I went to the Hellfire Club. Mm-hmm. which is on the top of Mount Pillar, which it's, it, y'all, it ain't a mount. It's like a, it's like a mound. Okay? <laughs> it's, not a mountain. it's not a mountain. It's more of a mound, but it's, it's a tall mound. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was in March. I went there um, for my birthday and uh, I had always wanted to go. If I could have, if, if, if I had a bucket list, I would mm-hmm. say it was kind of on the top of that bucket list. And, if you don't mind, I want I want to share the entire experience. Of course not. You go right ahead. I'd love to hear it. Okay. Well, we were walking. We were walking up there, and we didn't take the short route. Okay. We mm-hmm. were actually kind of walking around the perimeter going up of Mount Pillar to get to Hellfire Club, and I was very apprehensive. I really was, and I'm I'm not necessarily scared of anything mm-hmm. per se, but. I had I had that feeling in me that this might not be a good thing, but but I'm going to do it anyway because that's me. Right. Well, we're about a quarter of the way up, and I was kind of taking my time. And and a friend of mine that was with me, Laura, uh, she lives in England. She had her and Abby had flown over mm-hmm. from England to to visit for my birthday, and uh, she and I were both kind of taking our time. And I looked over to my left, and in the trees, I saw this huge stag. And when I say huge, I mean huge. He was enormous and so unbelievably beautiful. And apparently, you don't see stags in Ireland. Really? They're they're there, but they're not – they're very secretive, and and they're not – they don't expose themselves mm-hmm. to people very often. And me and Laura both stood there. We both saw him. So this wasn't like an apparition. Mm-hmm. We both saw him. And he stared at me for a good 15, 20 seconds. And it was either me or Laura, our, our breath caught. And he bolted. Wow. And But something about seeing him, such a rare occurrence, brought me peace. Mm-hmm. So I continued up the journey. Everybody is is making their way up there, and I'm kind of trailing behind, you know, because I'm the oldest. I'm just going to go ahead and say it. And um, finally, I finally had Hellfire Club in my sight. And it's the backside of the club when you come up from the way that we did. Mm-hmm. And there was a man in full papal robes and hat standing at the back of Hellfire Club and he was staring at me, and he is not a nice-looking fella. He has a lot of anger in him, a very pious look, pinched face, mm. just a piece of work. And he would not let me go in until I sat down and drew him, which I found fascinating. I'm like, why do you want me drawing you? 
And uh, so I did. I sat down on this little mound behind where apparently they had done excavations. Mm-hmm. I sat down and I drew him and he disappeared. So I figured I did what I was supposed to do. And so I was like, I can go in now. So I go in and I'm not thinking much of it. I'm not feeling a whole lot. I'm a bit surprised about that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why are people so wigged out about this place? Until I got to the middle of the building and went down the stairs, went down to this room that's hidden behind the stairs. Mm-hmm. That room had this small sliver of window, which is what he was standing in front of. He was blocking my view of this window. And for those who don't know, in those older buildings, castles, buildings like Hellfire Club and so on and so forth, the outside of the window is very narrow, but the inside is wide and tapers in to that small, narrow piece that you see from the outside. Mm -hmm. And that is for a protective reason. That's so people that are trying to attack from the outside can only go straight in, but those that are on the inside, their swords can go from right to left. And so they could protect. On the floor of that room was a little girl, maybe six, maybe, you know, Mm -hmm. filthy, filthy, completely naked, long hair, just matted. She was just dirty. Mm -hmm. And she was sitting on her bottom with her knees pulled up and her arms wrapped around her knees and her head was laying down. So I couldn't see her face. And she had a shackle attached to one of her ankles and it was attached to the wall. Mm-hmm. And in the that was in one corner on the left side. If I'm looking out the window outside on the left side, on the right side, on the other side of the window, there was a bucket that would have been used for personal reasons. Mm-hmm. And on the floor in front of the window stretched out, he was somewhere between the ages of 10 and 12, was a boy who was, again, filthy, completely naked. And the whole floor underneath him was soaked in blood. He had been stabbed, I don't know how many times, from his shoulders past his buttocks. Mm. I was not able to stay as long as I wanted to see, because I was with other people, Mm -hmm. to see if this was an impression. Was this an imprint of energy Mm -hmm. in the area? Or was this... Would I have been able to communicate with him? Right. And so I'm going back. (laughs) I'm going back in October. Wow. Of this year. And that is my purpose with Hellfire Club is to go back regardless of what they make me feel, regardless of what they Mm -hmm. make me see, which I already have an idea as to what it's going to be. Um, I'm sure you've heard of Hellfire Caves in England. Yes, yes. Hellfire Caves in England are full of debauchery and sex and ritual sex. And they have an inner sanctum that you take this little river sticks to get to Mm -hmm. inside Hellfire Caves. Um, But it's all adults. At least what would have been consenting adults at that time. Right. Hellfire Club is a whole other animal. And it involves many children for the same purposes as Hellfire Caves, mm-hmm. but with children. Oh, that's There's awful. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of sacrifice. There's a lot of sexual abuse. There is some absolutely horrific things that happen, I know, in that room. Mm-hmm. 
So my whole purpose is not to go there and have an EVP recorder and record somebody else's suffering. My purpose is to go there and see if I can help them ease their suffering. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I have a lot of respect for you right now. Thank you. It's, it's something that, I mean, with the things that I've been through in my life, uh, with the, the abuse from, you know, uh, extended family members when I was younger to being raped as a teenager, to, uh, being attacked, you know, as, as a teenager and a young adult by strangers, um, it is, as much as I hate that all that stuff happened, mm-hmm. I know it happened so that I could do what I do now. Right. So you could relate. Exactly. It's kind of like, I mean, when people always say like the best counselor you can get if you're an addict is a, is a former addict. Right. Yeah, Same absolutely. type of situation. I can understand the shame and where these kids are coming from because I've, I've been there. Right. <laughs> You know, and like I said, I mean, I wish none of it would have happened, but I wouldn't take any of it away either because it allows me to relate and to offer some a, a better understanding and some type of solace to the different spirits that, I, that I've had to deal with. And, and because of that stuff, those are the ones that seem to seek me out. Mm-hmm. That would make sense. Um. So this is like a calling. You need to go back there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I've been saying it for years and I have, you know, since I went the first time and I wasn't able to go back there the last time I was in Ireland, which was in Mm -hmm. 2019, I think the July, August of 2019, Mm -hmm. I wasn't able to go then um, because it was, that was a straight filming trip and we were, limited resources on being able to get places and we were mostly on the west coast of ireland and and um hellfire club is on the east coast Mm -hmm. because it's just outside of dublin and uh so it was i wasn't able to do it then and so i'm gonna do it now and i'm gonna have 26 people on the tour that are going to be there with me, you know, so it's it's not like I'm going to be alone, thank Mm -hmm. goodness. Um, But I don't expect it to be easy either. You know, I don't. I think it will be very difficult, but I think it's pretty amazing. Thank you. Thank you very much. And it's necessary. And that's, that's kind of what I want to get across with these books is that it's, it's great and all that people are on TV and it's great and all that, that, you know, the, the videos are out there and and people can learn from that. But I really want people to, to understand what it actually entails. Like you, you said it best. It is not glamorous. And in the book that I had in there um, called uh, Walk, Walking with Ghosts, right. I took the Hollywood and the pretty straight out of the paranormal in that book. I took it out of it. Uh, it's, it is some of the worst experiences that have ever happened to me mm-hmm. in all of their ugliness. <laughs> well, 
You know, that's great that you say it because I think sometimes people seem to forget that spirits are people. Yes. Without a suit. Yes. Absolutely correct. And nine times out of ten, it's not the day word. Mm-hmm. You know, nine times out of ten, it's it's somebody's grandmother or heaven forbid their child, mm-hmm. you know, or father or uncle or, or dear friend that is just so desperately wanting somebody to say, mm-hmm. oh, oh, you wanted to talk to me. All right, I got you. What 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 do you want to say? Mm-hmm. Let let's hash this out, you know, or what can I do for you? Or sometimes they just want you to know they're there. And then again, mm-hmm. let's go ahead and call a spade a spade. Sometimes they don't even see you. You see them. Or sometimes they see you and you don't see them. There's there's no right or wrong answer. Right. But when but when they when it's obvious that there's a recognition between the two, between a psychic medium and a spirit, it is our obligation. It is our duty. Mm-hmm. to acknowledge and to do what we can to help because it's not like you can go in the phone book. It's not like a plumber. <laughs> okay. You, you, you're not guaranteed a reputable service. Right. You know, Absolutely. and I, I feel very strongly about that. And a lot of people get very angry when I get very opinionated about that. And I will tell you the same thing I tell them. They can get glad in the same pants. They got mad in. <laughs> I don't rightly care. <laughs> it, it they're dehumanized. Some people dehumanize them. Yeah, and I absolutely, absolutely agree. And yeah, it's not fair. <laughs> well, one of these days it's going to be us. Yeah, we don't live now, in this body forever, right? <laughs> exactly. And let me ask you this, or anyone else who listens to this to this show: If it were you, how would you want to be treated? Would you want people to constantly come into what you consider to be your home and say, you know, if you're really here, push me. If you're really here, throw something at me. If you're, you know, how how did you die? You know what? Sometimes they don't know they're dead. So what Mm -hmm. a rude question. You know, I mean, there's all these questions that people ask instead of just saying, well, what's it look like right now? I mean, how are you feeling? If you could have anything to eat, what would you want to have? Is there a message you have to say? Do you want to hear some music? You know, something simple. Or here's a thought. If they're not quite communicating with you and you know that they want to, but they don't trust you yet enough, mm-hmm. just sit down and have a conversation with the person that you're with. Right. And they'll come to you. Make them comfortable. Right. But That's you go stomping into their house acting like you own the place. They're going to be very confused like you would be, right? Yes, or very angry and react accordingly and then get called something that they're not. Uh, That makes me mad. Because how would you feel if somebody stormed into your house and started yelling at you? I'd be very confused and very pissed. (laughs) Exactly right. (laughs) Right? (laughs) And, And probably react the same in way. a way that would be uncharacteristic. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, Vanessa. You know, I mean, I, I can tell you what I do. They'd be pulling back a bloody stump. 
So, I mean, so when I pass, if any of y'all talk to me, you better be sweet. (laughs) You better be nice, people. Uh Yeah. In their book, too, I found it fascinating, The Vivid Dreams. Oh, good question. They're awful. I don't think people realize a lot of people that develop your abilities have these extraordinary vivid dreams and it's almost like a calling when they happen. It is. And it is out of everything, probably the most confusing thing Mm. because when it's hard to tell until you start to learn yourself a little bit better and to learn your own psyche, it's hard to tell what is your information in this life. Mm-hmm. What is previous information that you're supposed to learn from, from a past life, or what is spirit communication? That That is difficult. That was probably the thing that I had the most difficulty with. Right. And meditation helped me tremendously with that. It was it, it helped me kind of learn to categorize and compartmentalize my own brain into knowing what was mine and what was somebody else's. Mm-hmm. And what was mine currently and what was mine previously. And that is something that if if people really think about, that's probably one of the most important things you can do. Because otherwise, for the mm-hmm. longest time, they'll feel like they're going crazy. Right. You know, and that doesn't help anybody, them or anyone that they're trying to communicate mm-hmm. with, living or dead. Um, so that took a minute. But once I was able to kind of get a grasp of it and and learn what were my past feelings, what were my present feelings, and what mm-hmm. were feelings coming from others, that made things a lot easier. Didn't make them less vivid, just made them easier to understand and know what I needed to do in order to process it or help. Oh, mm-hmm. and by the way, if y'all hear something weird, my dog is laying here snoring next to me. <laughs> You know, I don't notice those things because I have a bird in the background telling me that she loves me. So, oh, bless her. Yeah. And um, she calls me Mabel. Oh, that's precious. <laughs> I'm Mabel and I need to come in and she loves me. And oh, yeah. Oh, that just made me so happy. <laughs> yeah. And then she's yelling Mag right now. Yeah. I have a 26 a year old Amazon parrot named Maggie Mae. <laughs> that, I, I used to have a bulldog named Maggie May, an English bulldog. Oh, I love I love Maggie's. <laughs> yes. Well, I have Cha Cha. She is my I like to say seven pound, but she's gotten a little chunky. She's my ten pound. Eighteen mm. year old Chihuahua. Oh, she's a deer head. She is a mess. She's rotten. Ah, uh, I love her. I yeah, love animals. I love animals. So freaking spoiled. <laughs> well, and then beside me, you would love this. I have my podcasting peak fizz gig. Your what? My podcasting Pekingese fizz oh. gig. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that is awesome. Yeah, I have five oh. animals, believe it or not. I'm a big animal person. Oh, they keep us sane. Oh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> you know, it yes. doesn't matter what I've had to deal with, um, living or dead. Mm-hmm. When I crawl in bed at night and I have this little 
compact heater stretched out next to me, everything is right in the world. Absolutely. They're a great gift. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. And And I don't know what I'm going to do when she's not here anymore. Well, another one will find you. They will. It's just she's, I've had them since she's nine weeks old. Yeah. You can never replace the animals you have. Never. Yeah. They, different ones come, but you know, they're just, they're like people. They're just uh, unconditional love though. Absolutely. And a lot of people, especially with my witchy parts, a lot of people are like, oh, well, do you have a familiar? No, I have a grounder. Yeah. <laughs> and I actually think that for me is more important. I need something that grounds me. And she helps, like I said, tremendously. Mm-hmm. You know, when I'm having those feelings, you know, it's and especially because when you're when you're really starting to to, to figure all this stuff mm-hmm. out, figuring out yourself, um, your your anxiety just kind of shoots through the roof. Right. You know, and she just she just helps tremendously. It wasn't. OK, so what am I 50 now? So it wasn't. It was maybe within the last 10 years that I was actually able to, not even 10 years, good night, maybe (laughs) seven years, that I was actually able to start getting them to not come to me at work. Oh, yeah. They saw your light. They they wanted to communicate. They knew you would listen. I did a show for Noreen Sampier Balovich called Paranormal Zone TV. Mm Mm-hmm. And I was doing it. I was scheduled to do it one night and I was at work. I was working for a company called Ocean Dental um, and I was, you know, kind of in the hood. And uh, I had just come in from lunch and I could not get this fellow to leave me alone. <laughs> I couldn't. Didn't matter. And he didn't have anything to say. He just kept showing up and just kind of standing in front of me, you know. And I'm like, okay, well, this is really bizarre. So I did the only thing I knew how to do. I drew it mm-hmm. and that stopped it. It was, and it was like, that's what he wanted. He wanted to get me a picture, you know? Mm-hmm. And I did that on one of those little, what we call tray covers, you know, <laughs> that we put over the tray to put the instruments on. It was pink even, I think. And mm-hmm. um, I drew him and I took it home. And when I was doing the show with Noreen that night, she was talking about, a friend of hers who had passed. And if memory serves and don't quote me on this, I believe he had been deceased for a few days before he was found. Mm -hmm. And I said, Noreen, can I show you something? And we're live. And she said, absolutely. And I, uh, I held up the picture to the camera. I said, is this him? And it was. Oh, wow. I had drawn him exactly how he looked. She sent me a picture and I have them on my Facebook. I'd have to dig deep for them, but I have it on my Facebook Mm -hmm. side by side. There is no denying it was that man. Wow. He just really wanted you to acknowledge him. That is awesome. I think he wanted them. I think... I think he knew I was going to be on the rain show. Mm-hmm. I think he knew that, that, you know, I was going to do that. And he was her friend and that was his way. And I can only assume because he never spoke. Mm-hmm. 
I, I can only assume that that was his way of letting her know he was okay. Right. That is very cool. It, and it's just, it's one of those strange things where I don't have to have the answer. I don't have mm-hmm. to know why. I don't have to know where it comes from. I just have to listen to myself, listen to my gut, do what it tells me to do, when it tells me to do it, and odds are I'm going to get the message to the right person. That's so, that is so neat, actually. Thank you. I like it's weird, though, I know. No, I don't think it's weird at all. I've interviewed a lot. I've heard a lot of things doing what I do. And I I just find all that stuff so cool and fascinating. It, it has its moments. <laughs> you know, it's it's really cool that you have so much respect for the other side. Well, I think that comes from my first experience being my grandmother. Mm, yeah. I really do. I really do. Um, I, I did a, a show the other night talking with them about it. And I think, I guess I was telling them I was blessed. I was absolutely blessed because so many people have a scary first experience. And my experience was nothing but love, Mm -hmm. nothing but love. It was my grandmother. She passed away right before I was to turn two years old on her birthday. Mm -hmm. And she came to me. Had I have started any other way, I might not be the same person. I might be one of those people that thinks that every bump in the night is something spooky. But because it was a relative that came to me, I think that set me up for believing that everybody deserves the same type of consideration that I would want my grandmother to have. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You know, and it's, and sometimes now, that don't mean I'm perfect. I get excited too. Like we were in uh, something you and I talked about before we got on here. Uh, I was in one of the family graveyards mm, in Iowa. Yeah. And uh, we had for one of the very brief times, we had a, a, a somebody actually taking us places and not having to walk. And um, he had taken us to a place that even people in Ireland do not know about. Mm. And we had went through the graveyard which is just absolutely heartbreaking to this area in the back. Cause I, when I get drawn someplace, I mean, I just take off. Right. You know, <laughs> and people have had to learn, just, just, just go with it. Just follow her, you know? And, um, and I could see it. It was like, it was unfolding like a movie mm-hmm. in front of me. And I'm sitting there, <coughs> excuse me, Gwen's got the camera on me and I'm trying to, say everything that I'm feeling, everything that I'm seeing, he's walking up behind her and he is confirming in real time everything that I'm saying in regards to watching the people run away, trying to get to get away from the people that were chasing them, these troops that were chasing the English troops and how they would separate the men from the women and children and the women and children would go this way because they would be less likely to run into to um you know, obstinate forces, the men would go this way so that they could detract from the women and children being in this direction. And, and he's like, nope, that's actually what happened. And he goes, and it happened right here. And it's, it's so, I'm like, okay. And, and I get really excited, but not excited because it's cool what happened to them. Mm-hmm. I get excited because they're comfortable enough to show me 
what happened to them. And then I can share that so that hopefully people look at history and look at the things that people have been through in a different way. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not, hey, I caught this cool ghost on camera. Come check it out. It's like, no, this is what they went through. Now, if my memory serves me right, didn't you have nightmares after you went and saw that particular gravesite? Or did I read that wrong? Um, I have had nightmares after quite a few. Okay. Quite a few of them. Um, Unfortunately, I have nightmares a lot. Yeah. A lot. Um, And a lot of times they have absolutely nothing to do with me. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, or there'll be a past life memory that's just that awful. But I'll have other people's nightmares. Like if they come to me in my sleep because my guards are, are down mm-hmm. when I'm sleeping, um, then they they show me everything. Mm. And there are times when I have just wished <laughs> that wouldn't happen. Right. You know, um, there is a, I don't know if I included it in the book or not. I might not have just due to its graphic nature, but um, like the woman who was um, in in England, and this is outside the Derby Gall, um, which I've actually never been to in this, excuse me, in this life. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was hung and her arms and legs were cut off and they were laying below her. Oh, my. And uh, I, mean, I could have went all day long and not seen that. Right. And been perfectly fine with it, you know, um, but that wasn't, that wasn't the case. Um, the uh, Mr. Boots, who, who likes to walk around the vaults in Edinburgh, Scotland, um, he is, he's a mean old cuss. And <laughs> I saw thinks, his picture. Yeah. He looks like oh, yeah. it. <laughs> he thinks to high heaven of the horrible old whiskey rock gut type of smell and i like mm. whiskey but he stinks and the one of the prostitutes that he killed she had to show me what she looked like mm-hmm. after he presented himself because that that some bitch followed me through the vaults he stayed right on my i think it was my right side breathing that whiskey, that stale whiskey in my, in my face. And, and she showed me, he didn't, he didn't leave me for quite a while, but she showed me how he killed her. Oh, you know? And I mean, I, I, again, could have went all day (laughs) without having (laughs) to see that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, and I would have been fine with it. Sit down, have a conversation with me. I'll hook you up. (laughs) Um, But they sometimes they they need they need to do that right and who am i to question their need to do that i have a question when they come to you do you think sometimes if they get to tell someone their story they can move on that's a really good question and i have a really hard answer for it um and it's an answer a lot of people will disagree with and that is fine Mm -hmm. um moving on to a certain degree, yes. Um, I have I have done this for, for many a moon. I've spoken to the dead since I was two years old. So I've got 48 years under my belt mm-hmm. of doing that part of it. And 
not once in 48 years has a spirit mentioned heaven or hell. Mm. Not one time. They have all, for the most part, in fact, told me they can come and go as they please. Now, that having been said, those like the prostitute who were killed in such a manner, they might have difficulty going so that they can come and go as they please if, if, if they choose to. They might have trouble making that initial step. And I have found that by acknowledging what happened to them, that they that that makes that step easier and they can move on, but they can always come back and they don't have to come back to the place where they died. They can pretty much once they get that confidence, go anywhere, anywhere they want, you know, right. Um, I know I will be doing some traveling, (laughs) you know. There is plenty of places I can't afford to go right now that you best believe I'll be doing that in the afterlife. You know, sure, I mean, I've yeah. always wanted to see Fiji, you know, mm-hmm. so I mean, <laughs> you're just going to go on one big giant vacation, aren't you, Vanessa? Pretty much, pretty much. But I, I have found it does help them do that. Move Now, there are yeah. some that simply choose not to. And in those particular situations, it's if they have resigned themselves to where they're at, there isn't a force on this earth that can change their mind. Right. And I don't care how good somebody thinks they are. I don't care how much sage you burn. I don't care how many priests you bring. You can bring every shaman, chaos magician, uh, magician, witch, herb, crystal, oil if they've resigned themselves to that that is their choice and it should be respected right i agree how about the burning boy for some reason he always jumps out at me the one that was killed by his um best friend and girlfriend yeah that was that was not fun that hurt. That, seems... that hurt a lot. Um, I was actually on the phone with his mother. Um, I was in Oklahoma and she was in Texas. Mm-hmm. And he had to make me feel what he felt at the time of his death in order to prove to her that I had the right person. Mm-hmm. And he was beaten to death with a baseball bat and set on fire. Oh, my God. That that was one of the toughest ones. Because I'm on the phone with his mother. And having to explain to her what was happening to him and who did it. Mm. And there was, to this day, I don't know if there was any any justice that was ever brought in that mm-hmm. situation. I don't know. Um but that was horrific. That was yeah. that was one of the least pleasant and I, I mean I've dealt with a lot of unpleasant shit, but mm-hmm. that was really tough because that that is that was just a situation where that nobody ever needs to hear their child went through that. Right. 
but I had to. And I mean, I don't, I, I've never gotten past that. Yeah. That's a, that's a tough one. I'm so sorry yeah. I brought that up. <laughs> no, no. People need to know. Yeah. Well, I think people have such a glare, like we had said earlier, they have such a glamorous vision. They really do. And nothing could be further from the truth. You know, it's all, <laughs> it's like, you know, in the Victorian times, you see all those pictures of the the plasma leaving and all of that. It was really mm. glamorous and stuff. And the mediums had these gorgeous dresses on. And it's like, it's not really like that, I don't think, guys. <laughs> oh, no, it isn't. And I have to tell you, this is what's so funny. Um, and I'm only bringing this up because of what you just said. Mm -hmm. But people have always asked me, and I've written about it in the books. I think I wrote about it in Rebel Witch, you know, about meditation and this, that, and mm -hmm. the other. And people always have this viewpoint on that. Just like we were talking about a spiritual awakening, right. uh, about meditation and and you know, the, the beauty of it and everything else. I'm like, y'all people, seriously, let's <laughs> chat about how Vanessa meditates. Okay. Generally, I'm going to be in leggings and a ripped up sweatshirt. Okay. <laughs> Odds are it's got a pizza stain on it or something, you know, that I just really? can't get out. And I'm going to be on my couch with the fireplace app on my TV <laughs> with Met with like ocean sounds on YouTube on my cell phone, a rock in one hand, a stone <laughs> in the other, with my feet propped up on the coffee table, probably looking a hot mess, no makeup, hair probably <laughs> has knots in it that look like dreads. Okay. And that's my meditation, closing my eyes and just kind of allowing myself to be mm -hmm. for Absolutely. for just a while. And then I make nachos. Oh, that sounds delicious. Right? <laughs> I love that. You know, I mean, it's just, it's one of those things where it doesn't have to be this event, mm -hmm. you know? it It's each individual person and what makes them feel right. better. And that's the one thing that if I ever try to hammer anything into anybody, it's you do you. Absolutely. You know, and people come to me and they're like, well, Vanessa, you know, I've kind of got this negativity around me. I can feel it. Everybody's telling me that I need an Apache tear, an obsidian, a rainbow obsidian, um, a tourmaline or, or something like that, or a jet. And Vanessa, I don't like those. And I said, well, honey, then don't buy it. <laughs> I said, you know, go outside and pick up a rock if you feel it. I said, go to your closest esoteric store. Mm -hmm. And walk straight to the stones. And I don't give a shit what they say on the little index card explaining what they are. If you see one that calls to you, I don't care if the damn thing is orange. If it, it calls to you, that is the one you need. Absolutely. Yeah. And they, they asked me, they're like, why do you think that way? And I said, well, because, you know, my ancestors... And my ancestors before them and my ancestors before them and 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 all the witchy people out there in the world that, that <laughs> were here before we had stores could not buy red candles and green candles and purple candles and black candles. And they couldn't go to the, to the corner store and buy incense and stones. They 
did what they did with what they had available. Right. Absolutely. And that is exactly what it is. I can, I can cast as powerful a spell that I need to for me out in the forest with a fucking twig (laughs) (laughs) that, that I don't have to purchase anything for. I love that that answer. (laughs) (laughs) But it's true. I think that people are trying so hard in the paranormal and the metaphysical to be what they think they're supposed to be Mm. as opposed to being what they actually are. Right. And that's that is so funny that you said that. I can remember growing up, my mom was an amazing lady when especially when I was little because she studied Edgar Casey. Oh yes, yes. And I have all her old books and it was amazing some of the things she would talk about. You know, I kind of grew up with that. They'd call him the sleeping prophet and she goes, All he had was a book and he'd fall asleep with it. Yep. <laughs> and exactly I, right. And I'm well, like, and what wow. kills me is so many people that try to to profit Mm. extreme amounts of money. Now, do I charge for my readings? Yes, I do. I charge 50 bucks, mm-hmm. which as you probably well know by, by today's standards is like going to the Dollar Tree for a reading. That's how cheap it is because most people charge 150, 200, 250, right. 600, $900 for a reading. Um, wow. I, my soul will not let me do that. I can't do that. If other people want to do that and other people want to pay it, that's on them. My soul won't let me do that. Right. Okay. And anyone who has ever studied Edgar Casey yes. knows why. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody tried to get him to basically be a cash cow for them or try to get him to understand, to, to, to try to get him to do things for profit in such a way. Um, it would backfire. Right. It would backfire. Um, but if he did it for the for the institute or for any type of charitable charitable work or anything like that, he was dead on balls. Yeah. Accurate. And that's that's kind of how I feel about it. Like last night I did a reading, obviously no names are going to be given, but from somebody who has only watched me on shows. They, I've never spoken on the phone to them ever. Only did a few texts to set up a reading. And with my readings, the way that I do them, you're not allowed to talk. I'm going to read your cards. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to ask any questions. You're not allowed to talk except for giving me the card numbers to turn over. Afterwards, you can tell me if I'm right or if I'm full of shit, and then we're going to chat about it. And I was amazed and I'm still amazed every time that happens when I ask the person, okay, so tell me, does that make sense? And she was like, I can talk now. And I said, absolutely. And she goes, oh my God. She goes, everything you hit. That still shocks the hell out of me. And I've been doing this for a very long time. Right. You know, but that still shocks me. And I think when you're not shocked at being right, you need to stop doing it. Right. Absolutely. That would make complete sense. 
Yeah, because there, there should never be ego involved in doing a reading for someone because all you are is a speaker. Mm-hmm. Your mouthpiece. That's it. And people get really offended when I say that. No, but, but it's it's, it's so true. I yes. mean, spirit speaking through you. You're you're a beacon. Exactly. I'm, I I am a I am I am a I'm like a boombox. <laughs> they're they're, yeah. they're the music. I'm just the boombox that's coming out of. Yeah. You know that is truly all it is, and it's and the probably the the biggest question people ask me is like. Well, Vanessa, who are your guides? Who is giving you this information? Do I know who my what I would call my my pay, my my patrons are? Yes, I do, mm-hmm. and I'll share them with you. Are they the ones giving me the information? I'll know. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, but even better, I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It doesn't matter to me because it isn't about me. I'm the last person it's about. It's about the people receiving the message. It's about the people giving the message mm-hmm. to the people receiving the message. Absolutely. It has nothing to do with me. Absolutely. And that just shocks the hell out of people that I don't care who's doing it. They're like, well, what if it's something bad? I said, excuse me. You would but know. If <laughs> I would know. A, I would know. And B, why would something bad want to bring peace to somebody? Exactly. I have, I have said this since I was a little girl. One man's demon is another man's angel. Mm-hmm. So, Agreed. you know, I'm, I'm, I am not, I'm not put here to judge. I'm simply going to pass along the message. Wow. You know, that is a great message. Thank you. Um, I really, wow, I'm blown away and I have a lot of respect right now. Thank you. I'm, I'm just, I'm just glad you don't think I'm nuts, <laughs> you know, but I'm, and, and if you did, I'd be like, I, right. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I'm still good. I'm still going to say it, you know, but, but it's, I'm hoping that anyone who listens to the show under, understands and maybe, maybe. Maybe we'll apply that mm-hmm. to the things that they're interested in in regards to this. And maybe, maybe the next time they walk into, I want to say a location, but honestly, anywhere, right. and they feel something, maybe they'll think of, of, of those words and be even just a little more respectful. Right. And maybe, you so, know, pick up an old Edgar Casey book and read it. Oh, there's so much to learn. Oh my gosh! There's so yeah. much to learn from him, um, you know, and and maybe, and it's like I said, it's like I, I told them on the on the other show that I did the other night. I said, I I I'm, think I'm the only medium I know actively trying to put myself out of business. <laughs> Truly, because I really would prefer for people that come to me, the living that mm-hmm. come to me to learn to trust their own intuition and themselves as much as they trust me because then they won't need them. 
And that's really what it's about for me. You know, I mean, I had to learn to trust me. So I think I can teach them to trust themselves. Vanessa, do you think when people grieving, it's really hard for them to listen? 100%. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, but they, they come to you in the weirdest ways. You have to acknowledge it. You have to acknowledge it. And I think what it is, is people especially grieving, mm-hmm. want that communication so badly that when it's so friggin' obvious that it's happening, mm-hmm. they poo-poo it away thinking they want it too much, so they're just imagining it. Right. And I'm going to give you the best example I can. And I wrote it in the book, so I know you're going to know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad, my stepdad, um, he passed away October 24th, 2021. Six days after I moved to Virginia, after moving my parents from oh. Missouri to Houston so he could be closer to MD Anderson, mm-hmm. cancer hospital. He loved me with everything he had in him, but he did not believe in this stuff. It made him uncomfortable. Right. That's fine. I don't shove it down nobody's throat. And, uh, you know, I, it, it make, I, was a, I was a bit of a joke or two here and there. True <laughs> story. You know, but it, it is what it is. Well, I had, that was a Sunday and I was supposed to start my brand new job the next day, which I still went to, believe it or not, because he had to kick my ass had I not, mm-hmm. you know, he was proud of me. And, um, I had, uh, went to Burger King that morning cause I had to get Chacha her bacon, you know, and I had my <laughs> breakfast and for anyone who's curious, number one, no egg, large Coke, no ice. That is, that's me. Burger King Sunday morning. And, uh, I talked to my mother. It was about nine o'clock. And uh, he was in the hospital and she was obviously worried, but my brother was up at the hospital Mm. and um, because it, it, she could, she couldn't go because of her health at the time. And with the Rona being the way that things were, it was, it was a thing anyway. Right. um, So she and I spoke and I was trying to keep her spirits up, even though I knew, I knew he was going to die soon. I would have had no idea it was going to be that soon. Okay. And so finished my breakfast, finished talking to her. Cha-cha had her bacon, went back to my friend's house. I was staying at Gwen's uh, because I was waiting for my apartment to be finished. Mm -hmm. And this was a a couple, two or three hours later. I'm sitting on the back deck with her husband. I was having a cigarette and we were talking about something completely unrelated. And I looked over at him and I said, I have to call my mother now, now. Mm-hmm. And I picked up the phone and I called my mom. And less than two minutes later, my sister-in-law walked in with my brother on the phone. Gary had died. Mm. Here's the thing. Any other person would look past that. But knowing what I know and knowing how long it takes to declare somebody dead. Mm-hmm. And knowing that the nurses are going to see it first and they have to call the doctor and the doctor has to come in there and then they have to make sure. And then they sign the certificate and then they do this and then they, 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 not the certificate, the papers, they do all of that. That takes a good anywhere from 25 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. And, Cause my brother would never have called my mother to tell him that Gary had passed unless it was declared and it would have to be declared and and proven before they even told my brother that it happened. And um, 
there was no doubt in my mind that in that 25 to 40 minutes from the time that he would have passed to the time that I basically just snapped up and said, I have to call her now. Mm-hmm. that he came to me and he's the one that told me I needed to call her so I would be on the phone with her when she found out her husband of 35 years had just passed away. Mm, yeah. No doubt in my mind. But if I was anybody else, I would have, I would look at it as a, as a coincidence instead of exactly what it was. Mm-hmm. Someone who didn't believe in this, but knew I would listen and came directly to me. No doubt. And no one will ever convince me otherwise. Wow. Those are the, those are the signs that people look at as not signs. (laughs) And that's what I, that's what I have to tell people. I'm like, that's, you have, you have to listen to yourself. Don't, if you get that feeling, if you feel it in your bones, if you feel it in your gut, believe it. Your head will lie to you. Your heart will lie to you. Your gut will never lie to you. Absolutely not. And I think that people miss so many messages wanting somebody like me to tell them those messages as opposed to listening to the person trying to come to them in the first place. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So, wow. Yeah. Well, Vanessa, this has been fun. I loved talking with you. Thank you. And oh, thank you. I'm going to say, people, you have to get her new book. It is loaded with just great stuff. There's pictures, there's experiences you know, that people can identify with and you're so down to earth and you're amazing. And Vanessa, I want to thank you for coming on my, my podcast, but I want to advertise your book. They would not have, they would have burned me and it is on Amazon along with her eight books. (laughs) Wow. That would have accomplished woman. Darn it. (laughs) And if anyone has any interest in art or anything like that, um, they yes. can also go to because uh, I do that too. Um, they can also go to the Hogle. That's v h o g l e. dot redbubble. dot com, or just if you have questions or you know anything like that, or 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 you can't remember the websites or whatnot, just reach out to me on Facebook. Yes, and you might as well just forget going to my author page because everybody comes to my my personal one. I don't <laughs> care. It's fine. Um, just do that. But, um, but yeah, I mean, this is what I'm here for. This is what I do now. Granted, because I do work a full, a very, very full-time job outside of the home. I get to people when I can. (laughs) 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 I have long days, but, um, but yeah, just reach out to me. Yes. And I I will have all of that information on my podcast for your audio. This will be edited. <laughs> oh, you're fine, honey. You don't have to edit. It's okay. I will have all of her information on the pad, the pot, the pad cost notes. <laughs> oh my God. The podcast notes. So all your artwork, stuff like that, 
If you guys want an amazing t-shirt from Redbud with her artwork on it, that information will be on there. Thank you. Thank you very much. And I had a blast. If you ever want to do this again, you just holler. Oh, honey, I'll interview you any day. You just let me know. I'd love to interview you and Gwen together. Oh, that would be awesome. Maybe after Ireland. Yes. Let's let's all email you and we'll make that a date after Ireland. I want to hear about that your sounds, adventures there. <laughs> that sounds wonderful. We'll plan on it, okay? All right, Annie, you have a great night. Thank you, Vanessa. Thank you. Have a good one too, Annie.